there, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Amber. We're identical twin sisters from Southern California. While we may look exactly alike, sometimes we think that's all we have in common. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and hang out with us for a little bit. This is Hashtag Twin Life Podcast. What's up, twin? Hey, twin. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, It's pretty good here in San Diego. I mean, it's beautiful weather. It's been kind of hot for us, which is like in the mid eighties is kind of hot for us, but, um, it's been nice. Phoenix is in, still in school. Um, nothing's really changed as far as like quarantine. Everything is still chucking on out. Yeah. Outside only dining and, um, nothing really is open. Some theme parks oh, are open. They, they shut everything back down. I forgot yeah. they did that. Everything's yeah. back to phase one. Well, it's not phase one, it's phase two technically. So like, okay, you can still like phase one was like, nothing was open. Right. So phase two is like, we're back to dining in only. Um, so like a lot of restaurants have like expanded their patio space or like they didn't have patio space. Well, that's they, like, nice set though up, for San Diego. Yeah. They set up like space in their parking lot and stuff, I guess. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty, pretty interesting. Here, still doing my workouts during the week. I'm on week two now. Um, and I'm starting to see like kind of like some results. I'm noticing like my endurance for like the classes had like in just two weeks has gone like way up. Um, so even though like I'm tired doing it, like my recovery is a lot faster. So, anyways, how's your week going? Um, my week has been good. Um, we will be, I started, I started intermittent fasting this week. So I'm on day four. Woo. Um, and I actually feel today's the day I feel the best so far. The first three days were wow. (laughs) Pretty rough. Um, I'm doing the eight, six or the, I guess they call it 16, eight. So 16 hours of fasting, eight hours of, of eating, not eight hours of eating, eight hours to eat, eight hours, eight hour window, eight hour window of eating. Um, and basically I'm just doing like where if you've never done intermittent fasting before, the way I do, I'm doing it is that I stop eating at eight o'clock at night and then I don't eat all obviously for this time I sleep. And then up until noon is the first time I eat, um, during the day. Um, and I've also been doing it where I don't drink, I don't drink coffee. I haven't been drinking any, um, any teas or anything in the morning. I literally just, the only thing I've been drinking really for the past three days is water because I barely have enough room. I feel like I barely have enough room to drink the water that I have to be drinking because I have to drink like a lot more water than I'm used to drinking. Um, I'm drinking anywhere between 85 to 100 ounces of water a day, which is a lot because the longer you intermittent fast, the smaller your stomach gets. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's sometimes where I just like out pound like a 16, gla- 16 ounce like bottle of water. And I'm like, oh, like, I feel like I'm just like, Bloated. The first couple, yeah, the first couple of days I felt really, my, my, I felt like my stomach was churning a lot. Um, I felt a little nauseous the first couple of days, headaches for sure. Um, and so I've just been trying to like balance everything out. What happens though is like your body starts, I've really been trying to make sure that I eat um, only like the right things. So yesterday I really like my first meal of the day, I've been doing like really simple things like sweet potatoes and like egg whites and um with some veggies in there I have peaches on the side on one day I have like yesterday I had one of those Dave's bagels but with cheese and turkey bacon so I got like a protein boost in the morning instead of like calorie boost um 
So I've just been kind of trying to like every single time I eat something, I'm trying to be conscious of what it is and really kind of laying off like the crap. Like I think the second, the second day um, I did eat some ice cream after my dinner. Cause it was, I just, I have a whole pint of ice cream in there and I wanted to eat some ice cream, but it's one of the benefits yeah. of eating, intermittent fasting is you're not really worried about consuming calories because I don't care who you are. Eight hours is a short window to consume 4,000 calories, which is what I'd have to consume to gain weight, like twice my daily calorie burn, which is somewhere around 2,500 calories of like a day. And that doesn't include like the, you know, the 500 I burned yesterday just from like walking around the park and just like, you know, regular life stuff. So I'm not about to eat for that. I'd probably, I'd vomit if I ate that many calories. So it's actually a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. So I'm doing it for a month. So I guess you guys stay tuned on, I'll try to share a little bit more of my journey. Um, One thing that Blake and I have added though, both of us have added, I have actually been really appreciative of like, I posted on my Instagram, one of these, the, this is pure green, but um, they have another brand. I think it's OJA. So OHA or OJA. I don't know exactly how you pronounce it. That brings Walmart. Um, This brand is from real market, Um, but they're basically just like the turmeric, like little shots. This one's green. The green kale, spinach, blah, 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 green shot. Um, but they have energy, they have probiotic, they have digestion. And so those have actually been really nice for me to drink because I'm just putting like these instant shots of natural energy and like natural food in it. So simply because work, like one of the hard things about working out for me right now is I weigh a lot more than I'm used to working out the weight I'm, I am right now. So I'm hoping if I can lose like another, I'm hoping by the end of this month, I'll lose like, I've lost like 10 pounds which is only like two pounds a week, <laughs> which is not very much, but 10 pounds off your body is a lot. Yeah. So um, if I see some really awesome results after the end of the month, I may do like intermittent fast for another month. I was reading a bunch of stuff about it. And this one lady said that she lost 17 pounds in two months, which is the total amount of weight I want to lose. Like, I think I want to, I want to lose 20. So if I can intermittent fast and actually enjoy like twin, you should consider doing intermittent fasting. I know you work out the crack of dawn and you and I talked about yeah, this a little bit, yeah. but yeah. if you're trying to, if you're trying to lose weight because of how much you work out, it'll, it'll fall off because you're burning so many extra calories on top of what you're eating. So yeah. if you could figure out a way to like do the intermittent fasting and incorporate it into your workout schedule, like stop eating earlier, like stop eating at 6 p.m. instead of 8, which is hard for you because Derek doesn't come home till 7 or whatever. But if you don't well, want to yeah, eat until after I, Bean goes to sleep. So I've sort of noticed that I probably could eat, I probably could do 12-12. It would be really hard okay. to do 16-8 right now because after doing a workout, in the, like even right before we started this, I was telling you, I was like, I have to eat something because like my I was just starting to like start shaking and like I can't. And I'm sure my body would get used to it, but I'm very much of the mindset of like, as soon as I'm done working out, I need to immediately get my body full of like things that it needs to like, you know, build muscle and like lean (laughs) out and like all that stuff. Like I can't just like, I couldn't, if I worked out and then came home and immediately went to sleep and woke up at 12, sure. But that's not what I do. So I like, I have to like, and just so everybody knows, I take a 715 class so I get up at six well today I didn't take a class till eight because they don't even have a 715 on Sundays but Monday through Friday I take a 715 class so I start my day at six so like if I that means I would <clears throat> based on your schedule that means I would stop eating at four 
And that's yeah. a long time if you're not going to bed till nine o'clock. That's five hours. But if you did six, I feel like if you did, if you did nine to nine. So if you did like your class at, you did your class at seven. And then you just did it. Then you get home around close to eight and you just wait an hour once you get but home. But that would Take mean I shower, do all that stuff. That would yeah, mean I couldn't sh- eat before. Okay. But if you do six, six, then you will never have dinner with Derek and Phoenix. Well, no, I mean, he comes home, like, if he comes home after 7, because Phoenix's bedtime is 7.30. So yeah. the majority of the time, we eat between 6 and 6.30, whether or not Derek is, is, there, or not, is there or not. Like, yesterday, um, I ate at 6.30, and I didn't eat again until this morning. Oh, okay, well, then, yeah, that's what you should do. You should do 6 to 6. Yeah, but, but I've 12 also noted, 12 like, is, like my, the easier one. I've also noted, like, my body can't, before this, I could, I could eat a lot more, like, snacks all day long, and, like, I'm noticing, like, I get full way faster now like I'll eat something and like like yesterday I had six wings and fries whereas like normally I could I would probably try to eat like 10 wings and like get a second side of fries or whatever it is like and then eat something afterwards well I take that back I did eat my ice cream last night Phoenix and I got ice cream so I did eat my ice cream at like eight at eight o'clock so um but yeah I don't know I just like like it so I like, yeah, exactly. I feel like for you, like you burn so many calories, you work out. I saw Ashley, so nerd thing, but Ashley hit her seven days in a row workout thing. I saw it. It came up on my watch alert this morning. So when you're working out as much as she's working out, you should use like intermittent fasting would just be an added bonus to help you like, and, and honestly, it's not for you. It wouldn't be that much different. Like 12 and 12 years, you sleep eight hours. So it's not that many more, like not that many. You just stop eating. I think you're probably already kind of doing it. Yeah, because if you I stop, think I am. But if you just, yeah, if you make a conscious decision, like I would say, make a conscious decision to do it and see if it changes anything that you do. Like if you look at the clock and it's seven, you're like, I'm not gonna go eat that bowl of ice cream right now, you know, or like whatever. And that's kind of for me. I was like so worried. I was like, oh my god, eight o'clock. Like that's like, like I like to like sit and eat my popcorn as I watch it. Blake and I are watching our movie at nine, or whatever. Um, which I just is not necessary for me to do. Yeah, drink so tea, I, drink a green tea instead, or drink right, a peppermint I, tea. Well, I drink the sleep. I I have this sleepy time peach tea that I've been drinking that I drank last night. Um, so I actually really enjoyed that. So that at night I do I will drink some tea if I get like a craving to eat something. I will drink some tea. Um, and Blake and I have also been trying to not go to bed past ten because we've been going to bed at like midnight. And Landon has been like Landon's been coming in at freaking two o'clock in the morning wanting like some juice or whatever at 2 a.m. And it's a lot, two or three o'clock in the morning. It's a lot easier to get up with your kid at 3 a.m. when you've been asleep for six hours. Yeah. So it's like five hours. And when we were going to bed at midnight and Lena would come in at two, it was wow. like, we were done. Just the day is, yeah. The day's done. Like, no, there's <laughs> yeah. no anything getting done. We're both exhausted and cranky for the entire day. Um, yeah. But, Anyway, so I will try to keep you guys posted more on social, on our social medias about, you know, my whole intermittent fasting journey, but so far it's going pretty good. I actually also have decided, I know how much I weigh around how much I weigh. Um, and so I'm not going to, I'm not going to weigh myself till September 5th because I'm not going to weigh myself throughout the week. And then like, cause some people are like, well, you should weigh yourself like once a week so you can see what, no, like the whole point of intermittent fasting is to listen to your body's natural rhythms. And this is something that I actually could do like forever because of the system it is like I just don't ever eat after eight I don't need I don't need to eat after eight yeah and I don't necessarily skip breakfast I just don't eat during breakfast time 
I eat at noon um, and I have breakfast. So it's definitely something I could keep up. And what I've, what's also started happening is I'm trying to find things to kill those hours in the morning. Cause I still get up at seven or eight or whatever time. So I still have lots of hours of being awake. So I've been getting up and I've been like, instead of taking a shower or whatever, putting makeup on cleaning, whatever things I would do normally, like after I was, after I ate, um, in the morning, I've just been doing those. And then by the t- I look up and I'm like, Oh, I only got an hour till I can eat. Great. Awesome. Like, um, yeah. so, but anyways, okay. So we have a couple of really, really juicy did you sees that we want to get into. And yeah. do you want to do with yours at first or do you want to do mine first? Um, I'll do mine first because mine is like, I feel like we'll talk more about yours than mine. So, okay. Um, if you guys haven't seen out there, there's basically this video that went viral um, of this mom posting on Instagram um, about the Trolls doll, Poppy. So if you haven't seen Trolls, Poppy is basically the little lead character. She's like the pink troll. She's so um, cute. Yeah, and she's, it's it's really it's a really really good movie. Um, and so her character is like very bubbly and like you know they have like this, they have all these cute, like super out there, like happiness things like rainbows and like they do a pinky promise and like, there's this big explosion. Like (laughs) they do hug time, glitter, hug time. (laughs) Yeah. Hug time, like all this stuff. Right. Um, so it's really, really cute movie. So this mom posted on Instagram, um, the video of the doll, a video of the doll that she had bought her daughter. And, um, on the box, it says that when you press her belly, that, um, she sings and whatever, which is great because that's what Poppy typical, does. Sings. Typical, but typical dolls like right. dogs that sing. You push their belly or shake their hand or whatever, right? Yeah. So what she wasn't aware of was that there is also a button that is basically right on where Poppy's vagina would be. It's kind which, of vagina or butt butthole. It's like in that area. Gym area. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, the mom was like, "Well, this is kind of weird." So if you look on the box, like very small in the box, it says that when you sit Poppy down, that she makes these noises that are like, woo, or like, woohoo, or whatever. So she was bothered by this because obviously you press buttons. Right. So with everything <laughs> going on with like the sex, like the sex trafficking and people talking about grooming children, you know, to have a desensitization to sexual um, things like sexual, like, you know, adults doing sexual things towards them or whatever. Um, it's sort of become this thing where like people are like, this doll is ridiculous. Uh, it actually ended up being recalled, I believe. Oh, because did? yeah. Don't quote okay. me on that. But I remember reading something that said like, they have pulled the doll back off the market or there's I, a, I like, or do. there's a, or there's like um, a request to pull it back off the market and just move the button somewhere else. Like <laughs> why I, the, and if you guys don't like, we'll, we will obviously, we obviously try to link everything in the description. So if you go in the description, you can find the link to the video or just Google it because it's everywhere. The thing I will say about it is that Mattel came out and said, or was it Mattel or Hasbro? Hasbro came out and said that they, that is not the intention of the button. Like they said, it is to be seat. It's it's because if you sit her down, then she makes these noises. Um, and I guess somebody in that room must not have been apparent because that right. is clear as day, <laughs> like a weird move to me. Like I, I think like, what we should do is know. we should post it in our story um, and just see what to people get. Think. Yeah. To see, like to get people's thought, because to me it was just such a weird, like it's such a weird thing that I just, as soon as like, as soon as I saw it, I was just like, that's weird. And then Ashley and I were like, let's see if it's not just us. So we showed it to Blake. And before we even said anything, he thought it was weird. So yeah. like, 
it's the fact that nobody in this room of like brilliant quote unquote, like marketing minds thought that this was a weird thing to me is like, it's just shocks to me. Like, why do you not have like Molly mom, Molly mom, mommy, Molly, the mom. There we We're go. going to Molly, hashtag mom. Molly, mom. <laughs> hashtag Molly, mom. Everybody should have Molly, mom and Jamal, the intern in your office at all times, because yeah. especially if you're marketing things to children, or in Jamal's case, any person of color, you really should have people, diversity and beliefs and whatever. Should we cover all these boundaries? I just don't, I, I, it just really shocks me that nobody thought that this was weird before it got out there. Like, I don't understand how these things get out there. Like mooses on, or nooses on runways. And like, how does nobody see this and go, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Not a good idea. Don't put it out there. Like, yeah. or honestly, this is the thing too, I think is I honestly think that sometimes people do things like that, like marketing reps, let things like that slide so they can get clicks. They can get um, publicity, publicity. They let crazy stuff slide so that they can like, now everybody's going to be talking about freaking Hasbro toys and trolls. And now people are gonna be like, I've never seen trolls. I'm going to go watch the movie. Like it stirs up all this stuff. So you re- let release crazy stuff and then you get all this publicity on it, you know? But yeah, I mean, me, I'm sure people are going to be like, well, it's just because your minds are nasty and that's just where you go immediately. And I'm like, no, it's not that it's not like if if I had a daughter and I gave her that doll, it wouldn't be an explanation of like. And honestly, if I had a daughter that was Phoenix's age. He would say to me because he's very aware of where all of our parts are, he would be like, right, oh, there's exactly. a button on her vagina. Like, is this her vagina, mom? That's what he would say to me. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I just, now I'm like, oh my gosh, like not as much as Landon, son. as much as Landon, in, uh, like I was saying this, like as much as Landon has started to uh, emulate Blake and I, like if Blake smacks my butt, Landon wants to do it. Like he just emulates all the things that we do now. So to me, if you have a doll and like as a parent, a lot of times the way you show and explain things is like you show them to them on their action figures, their dolls, like try to explain it to them in that way. Um, or their stuffed animals or whatever. So if I'm like trying, like if I Landon is to push a button on some girl dolls, freaking hoo-ha or butt, then he's thinking that, Oh, I just need to, I just push people's butts. Like that's a thing. No, it's not a thing. It should not be a thing. <laughs> walk around and put, putting your finger on people's butts. That's not a thing. Yeah. So I, that is just, that's my thought as a parent. Like, and those are things, honestly, at 25 years old, which is probably, quite a bit of the marketing team right now who are sing like either single, not parent millennials that are in this marketing office probably haven't thought that far ahead because they're not parents parents yet. Um, so they're not thinking about it. They're just thinking, Oh, that's so cute. Like she sits down and she, you know, makes cute noises. Like I thought maybe make it like where she, her leg moves. And like, there's like a spring in there that if her legs move, then it does it. So there's no button on her butt. She just still like when her legs come up, she makes a sound. Yeah. Like, and I thought, and I, I thought, or bends, not come up, but bend. Yeah. And I, I think when we were talking about this before, I was like, they could have just put underwear on her that can't come yeah. off. So when she sits down, it's not a button. It's just, she sits and these, it makes these noise. There's still something to me a little bit sexual about sitting and making noises. Uh, <laughs> just is, I mean, I, to me, it's just, it should have been her hands or like something or her fresh hair. Why couldn't it just been on the bottom of her feet? Yeah. 
I don't most know. honestly to me, all the toys, the kids' toys I have no I've seen, I've not once seen a button on their butt. Hands, <laughs> foot, stomach, um, stomach, never on their butt. So y'all been making toys too long to be making stupid mistakes. But anyways, yeah. On to the other one. The juicier yes. one, I feel like, of the few that we the did you sees. So if you haven't heard anything about this or don't know who this is, Maddie Ziegler is a phenomenal young dancer. Um, she got her kind of fame. I feel like people say that she got her fame on Dance Moms. I think she got her fame see his video. The Sia's video. Yeah. The Sia's video. She did. She actually done two videos with Sia. She did one with Shia LaBeouf and she did one before that um, where she's in the house. She, yeah. She's in the house. So she kind of, Sia just kind of adopted her as like a little sister. And so she's been doing a lot of projects. So there was a little bit of back in the, like a few years ago about how weird it is that Matt, that Sia kind of adopted Maddie Ziegler as like her sister. That was in the press for like five hours. And then everybody's like, that's a stupid thing. She should have it. She should allowed to have a successful adult female mentor in her life. Yeah. Why, why are we trying to make it weird? Right. Yeah. So, so that was that. So now she, um, I read a couple of things on it. One, it's like, she's kind of the sister. She's got a sister. She's the, she's the one of the two Ziegler daughters that doesn't really get in trouble. Like she's just kind of, she does, she works a lot and she's like, she's got this whole, um, she's got the, the leggings. What's the leg? What are the leggings? Fabletics. She's got the Fabletics contract right now. So she's promoting Fabletics. She's doing a lot of like really clean cut stuff. Her sister, on the other hand, apparently like has all this scandal about like vaping and like all this stuff going on. So when this came out, somebody, I guess they thought that they just wanted to be jerks to her and released what looked similar to like Snapchat videos of her saying, making racist comments about Asian people. I'll link it in our description box. You guys can watch this video that actually does a really good job of showing you the exact clips that, cause it was hard for me to find the clips of what she was doing. Cause in all the articles, the e-news articles, they obviously don't link you to the clips. Um, yeah. and so I was trying to find the clips. I was able to find them. And yes, I a hundred percent agree that these were like absolutely racist, like stupid, like things to do as like a person against Asian people. It was just very, very, very immature. Um, but the, but that most people had was that the videos that they were showing, oh, there is one video of her saying the N word. She was singing a song. This one I thought was weird. She was sitting on the back of in a bus seat with her best with her friend or whatever, best friend, whatever. And she's like nine, maybe. And she's sitting in the seat looking. They're watching a video or something on their phone or listening to a song and they're seeing the lyrics out loud. And the N word came up and they said the N word out loud. Well, uh, somebody was videoing them from across the seat. Like, it's not like she like put it on a video and posted it like. Now, Grant, do you want any, like, Caucasian person to be saying the N-word? No, but I don't think, like, it was okay for somebody to just video her and be like, look, she said the N-word. Like, she was nine years old, okay? Yeah. The second one was one that looked more recent. She looked to be around 15. She's only 17 right now. Like, in in her teens, like, between 13 and 15 years old. And she was making some more Asian, like, racist Asian comments and, like, making faces and imitating Asian voices and all that stuff. And I thought it was in very, very poor taste. But I think my main thought was that one, where, why is your mom, like, where are your parents? Like we had, we talked about this before on the podcast. It's really hard as a parent to hold children accountable for things. Yeah. Because where are like, not saying that all, like there are exceptions, but making like that would, that will never be my kid. Like, why are you like, my thought is automatically to be like, where 
I'm going to go, I'm coming for your parents. I'm not coming. I'm yes. I mean, correct you, you're like, like, yeah, like nobody thought to correct you. Nobody thought that when you put that on Snapchat, they should be like, Oh, like probably should like, don't do that. This is why it's wrong. My thing is kids are allowed to make mistakes. The parents are supposed to check them and correct those mistakes. So they don't continue to make those mistakes as adults. So they're not getting like a, eureka moment at 30 years old that's like oh I'm, I, that was really racist of me or she's only 17 now and she understands at 17 what she somehow didn't understand two or three years ago four years ago five years ago so to me yes it was wrong she shouldn't have done it she's in my head she's too old to be making those mistakes she's been in the industry long enough to you would think to have a open view of the world but a lot of celebrities live in a bubble and i think yeah. she lived in a bubble and racial but, insensitivity is taught yeah. to kids. They don't yeah, they don't, she saw that somewhere. Somebody, she saw that somewhere and somebody thought it was funny. And so she thought it, it was funny because they thought it was funny. And so she just kept perpetuating it. So I, I really am like, yeah, I'm on the same page with you where it's like, she's a baby to me. 17 is still very young. Like she can't even legally have sex with her own consent. Barely. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we're expecting her to make wise decisions, like wise decisions and everything in her life, like all the time. Um, and yes, there are a lot of, I think the thing is like, and I know we have to like, make sure we keep these segments short, but I, the thing that I feel about it is like, just like as a person of color, we live in a bubble where like, you're kind of raised with like a sensitivity to all, all racism. Well, some people are raised in the opposite bubble where they are not, there is no sensitivity to anything. It's funny. Yeah. So to me, it's like, and people are asking during, you know, with all of this black lives matter stuff, still very relevant and still going on and always will be relevant. A lot of parents have been asking like, what can I do? You know, what you can do is correct that behavior. That's what you can do. You can That's go a, to your as an ally parent. Sure. As an ally parent, kids are natural. Their natural instinct is to embrace other kids. They literally do not care what they look like until you teach them to care. Then they yeah. care. So you need to make sure. As it's just it's a parent's responsibility. That is how you can be the best ally. We're not, I'm not worried about my like a kid being an ally. I'm mm-hmm. worried about the parents not raising allies. That's your responsibility. So I feel like that's her parents' responsibility. Yeah. On the flip side, we have Miss Abby, who is the coach, um, was the coach of Maggie or Maddie. And she came out and said something so horrible that I'm going to for sure quote it <laughs> because yeah. it's not worth <laughs> it's not misquoting. Worth misquoting. Um, OK, so there was a mom on Dance Moms um, that said that had an African-American daughter that was in Matt, uh, was in Abby's class. And the mom, Abby basically posted a black, a blacked out square on her Instagram. That's now deleted. And the mom just felt like, well, this is the perfect time for me to respond to this because to respond to your behavior, because she ended up taking her daughter out of the, out of the class. Mm-hmm. And if you guys don't so, know about the blacked out square, that was a few weeks ago on Tuesday where, um, people were blacking out their Instagrams to leave space for people of color to promote theirs and basically to override the algorithm um, was the purpose of that. Um, okay, so I'm looking for the exact quote. Okay, keep talking about the topic while I look it up. 
Yeah. Okay. So I, I mean, you and I kind of talked about this already, but she basically says something super racially insensitive and having a girl in the class, which I guess from what I remember, like to paraphrase the quote, she says something about um, the fact that, you know, you don't know anything because you grew oh, up like in a bad area it's, or something. Yeah. Here's the yeah. It says, I know. Okay. So a statement from her that sticks in my mind. This is the mom. She's writing this. She wrote this on Abby's Instagram. A statement from her that sticks out in sticks in my mind to this day during my time as a dance mom season on dance mom season eight is this is quoting Abby. I know you grew up in the hood with only a box of eight crayons, but I grew up in the country club with a box of 64. Don't be stupid. This. And then she said, and then she said like, you know, Smith re- responded. That's the name of the mom's last name. This to me shows that you, you think that you think you are better than me. And in higher rank and altogether superior to me, this is me. This is this to me shows that you don't give an F about me or where I come from. So she, I don't. Doesn't she continue to say something about um, the only reason that her daughter was there was because of diversity and to not get it twisted? Oh, yeah. Do you do you want me to tell you why you are here? Ella. LOL. As if I didn't know, she continued. Let me remind you what you said in. Oh, in case you forgot, you told me to look in the mirror. That's the only reason you are here. She, um, Cam told me, and she heard they needed a sprinkle of color. So her daughter's name is um, Cameron. And so her mom, Cameron was at school and she, or was at class and she heard her say, like, like she said to her daughter, like said to her mom, Cam heard her say this to her mom. The only reason that you and your daughter are here is because we needed some color on the show. A sprinkle of color. Um, she said, let me remind you why you, let me, let me remind you. You told me, let me remind you what you told me. You told me to look in the mirror. That's the only reason you are here. Like who says that? I'm going to link this article. It's on, it's, um, it's from uh, Entertainment Weekly. And you can read the whole article if you'd like. Um, but it just, to me, it was so I already don't like, I already didn't like the woman because I've watched the first couple seasons of Dance Moms. And in the first few seasons, you kind of feel like, oh, she's kind of hard. Like kind of, um, um, what's his name? Gordon Ramsay. You know, she was kind of like the Gordon Ramsay of the dance world. The uh, the difference is Gordon Ramsay made it a point to turn himself into a human being later. Like he took vulnerable moments to relate to the kitchens, to, to the, to the chefs that he worked with. He, always talks about his family. He brought his kids on the show. Um, his wife, like he does a cooking series on YouTube where it's him and his kids cooking in his kitchen at his house. And he makes, they make dinner every night and he does a video of it. So he has humanized himself so much. So like even people thought, well, he's evil and he's a horrible person and he's just so mean, blah, blah, blah. Well, he was like, no, I really want people to see me as like the person that I am. The only thing that we could relate to with Abby was that she had cancer and we're supposed to just feel obviously we feel bad for you because you're sick but season eight was after she was sick so she was sick almost died of cancer and then came back and was just a hateful spiteful woman now in a wheelchair instead of being like a kind sweet soul that really had like an awakening went through something should, yeah went through something yeah so but and that for me I'm holding you I'm holding in comparison to Maddie Maddie's situation, Abby's situation. I'm holding Abby accountable. She's a fully grown woman. And she's been in the dance world, which is a multi-ethnic world, for a long time. So for it to have yeah. these like 
snobby, racist mindsets about people. And then, of course, she puts an apology statement out. Maddie also did an apology video, blah, blah, blah. But it's easy to apologize when people call you out. How have you not, you you cannot say in days like this, in times like this, like you couldn't say like, I didn't know, right? So obviously both of those, Ab- Abby's, um, Abby's comments were years ago, but the mom called her out very recently, obviously. Um, and then Maddie's videos were also many, many years ago. So almost half her life ago. So you kind of, you, and both of them have apologized. So, you know, if honestly, I hope that as ugly as both of those actions were on both sides, the main thing for us to know in this day and age is to learn and to teach and to educate people and to share like your thoughts and your stories and, you know, and to, you know, hopefully people that have like Zoe Zaldana, simple stuff like Zoe Zaldana you know, played an African-American woman. If you didn't know, Zoe Zaldana is not African-American. She's Hispanic. Yeah. And people were up in arms because she's not African-American. And they should have given the role to a black woman. And they didn't. They gave it to an Hispanic girl that looks black. That looks, she doesn't look black. She looks Dominican. Like, they just, they, they kind of, it's a whole thing of like, you squish everybody in the same pot. It's like, Asian people get upset when a Korean person plays a Chinese person. Rightfully so. They should like, or when Jennifer Lopez played Selena, Selena is not Puerto Rican. Jennifer Lopez is Puerto Rican. Like to do all those things, like people just get very sensitive of that. And it's not, it's not because like a race thing altogether. It's more like give the people that give those people the opportunity to play these iconic roles that are iconic in their culture and their life. So anyway, that's a whole sidebar, but I was just so like, when I read it, it kind of like the whole Maddie thing kind of, took me into like a rabbit hole of like dance mom's drama. Um, so I was able to dig that up, but it's just really sad, I guess, to yeah. hear people still having that mindset, still people that are like influential voices and people. Um, Abby actually ended up losing her contract with lifetime because she was supposed to have, I don't think it was a, another season of dance moms, but it was another, but it was another like dance type show, like something having to do more with like her life in depth. I think it was supposed to be like her journey through cancer or something, something like that. Like, mm-hmm very much about her and she lost that contract because of this. So, yeah. So anyway. just to clarify, Selena is Argentinian and Puerto Rican. Okay. You said that she, you said that Jennifer Lopez played her and Selena is not Puerto Rican and Jennifer Lopez is Puerto Rican. So Selena is Puerto Rican and Argentinian. Yeah. So she's Puerto Rican and Argentinian. So I understand your point, but that's, so then why, are people, then why, so then, then I, why do people get so upset? about it i think they got upset because jennifer lopez at the time was not known for being able to sing so like they were just like jennifer lopez is like not a great example of selena's talents whereas now i think that it's i mean selena has an amazing voice and jennifer lopez did her best to sing like her um yeah but yeah so all your other examples are good but i was like i'm pretty sure uh that she is Puerto Rican, but yeah. Anyways, all right. So our topic this week, which I think is a good, like our segue about parenting is a good segue because um, we, the topic this week is about, you know, choices that some parents make that aren't that great sometimes. So basically um, there is this new trend going around with COVID 
and parents are deciding to go to and if I think it's the right name of it is called sorry hold on I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you because I'm trying to this is gonna bug me now because I know people were super upset about her playing Selena yeah. Okay. So this this article says when P- when Lopez first landed the role in 1996, the, sc- the scars from Selena's death in 1995 were still fresh. Along with that came backlash about Lopez being be- being cast in the role, among reasons that she wasn't the right kind of Latina. I know a few people were prote- protesting, but in Corpus Christi, uh, Selena's hometown, everyone has really been supportive. The film's director Gregory Nava added that it was a little hurtful. Um, the protesters should be celebrating that we have an all Latino cast and that Jennifer Lopez, one of our own is becoming a star. So I guess like she had to go on like a, like a tour to try to show people that she was worth Latin enough. Yeah. It's on, it's on biography.com. Interesting. Um, It's like the story of Jennifer Lopez playing Selena. Very interesting. Okay. I'm going to place this article so that we have it for, so if you're, if anybody's interested in that, then why the the people did it? Because Jennifer Lopez was fantastic as Selena. She was like her doppelganger in this movie. And I think now people really, really appreciate and see her as an iconic person that played Selena. But apparently right back then, people really did not want her to play Selena. Play Selena. So she kind of had to go on like a tour of like country and like. <laughs> I remember that there was, was a big controversy because Jennifer Lopez um does it has has been known to not really speak Spanish that well, so she's like had that, to I learn think as an adult. Been what it is. And yeah. I think that like Selena like was fully her, Latina. Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe that was what it, I don't know. I'm not. We're not. Yeah, because yeah. also too like she's from the Selena's from Corpus Christi and Jennifer Lopez mm-hmm. from New York. So she's more Jennifer Lopez is more of New Yorker. Like she's a New Yorker Latina. She's not like like if you've ever been to the south of Texas. Those are Mexican, like south of California, south of Texas, south Arizona. Those are Mexican people down there. She's Puerto Rican, but they're very Latina focused, like Latino focused. Yeah, the culture. Latinx, I guess it's Latinx now, Latinx focused. Yeah. Um, And it's not, obviously, it's like it's a totally different kind of thing in New York. So I guess they just thought that maybe if if J-Lo would have been from the south, maybe they would have liked her better as a choice. Anyways, okay, so I'm sorry. Let's get back to our topic. So um, exposure okay. parties is our topic. Yes, so that's what it's called, exposure parties. And basically, I think parents – so this is the thing. When we first talked about it, a lot of parents do this where, like, if you have multiple siblings and somebody gets the chicken pox, say, you want to expose everybody to chicken pox, so you just deal with it for one or two weeks, and then you don't have to worry about getting having consecutive weeks of everybody getting chicken pox, right? Um so that's very common. Like when we, I never got the chicken pox, but you did. And still don't know how us, Ashley, still don't know how no Ashley idea. didn't get the chicken pox. <laughs> no idea. But like mom would put us in the same bed that she'd put us in bed. We'd still slept in the same bed just so I could to try to get me to get it so that I could build up the antibodies and then not get it as an adult. Right. Instead, I ended up with three chicken pox vaccinations, whatever. Um, so that, I think that is people's idea for COVID. Now, I think that coronavirus slash COVID is 19 is way too dangerous to be just out here sending our five-year-olds off to a a COVID exposure party to hang out with other kids that have have coronavirus. I I don't understand why knowing it's one thing if you decide to send your kid to a to like a social distance gathering or even a non-social distance gathering where they're wearing masks and like you choose to do that because at this point, let's be real. 
people are done social distancing. Like a lot of people are over it. Like I just went to lunch with my friend the other day and we wore masks when we're in and we hugged goodbye. Like, I, like people are getting to the point where like <laughs> those boundaries are like, people are just like, okay, look, man, like, I mean, it is what it is, you know, um, we're ready to get back to our life sort of. Um, but that's one thing. This is not the same. And I think it would make, it wouldn't even make sense. Like if there's the flu going around, nobody's out here taking their kids in January to a flu exposure party to expose their kids <laughs> to the flu. Like that makes yeah. no sense. Or like your neighbor has pneumonia. Let's expose everybody to pneumonia. Like I, I'm just so confused or strep. Let's just let the kids stay at school. The girl, kid that has strep and I want them to cough on my child or whatever. Like, no, like I, I don't know. Especially I since of the story, the article um, that we'll put in the show, also put in the show notes was about this lady. And it's, uh, it used this lady in Florida as an example, basically. And she decided that it was a good idea to send her daughter to a church event with no masks, not social distancing, any of the guidelines that the CDC told us to do. She may have probably washed her hands when she went to the bathroom. That's about it. And her daughter ends up, and she was also giving her daughter uh, hydrochloroquine. Is that how you say it? Hydrochloroquine? Um, so. to, to help to combat COVID. Well, the hydrochloroquine is, people have been comparing it to um, chemo. Like chemo, the medication form of chemo. Not the radiation form. Like there's actual chemotherapy pills that you give people. Um, that they, can't, they give cancer patients. So it's very similar to that. Basically in the way that it just completely just tears down your entire system. Just It just kills everything in its path. So she was taking this to protect herself from it. And then her mom put her out there to get COVID and she got COVID and then this little girl died. And her mom thought it was just a great idea to just like send her daughter with, you know, zero cares and just be like, well, she's going to be fine. Well, this, she, this daughter also had a pre, pre-existing condition as well. But the percentage of children that are dying of COVID is less than 1%, like yeah. a lot less, like 0.03% of kids dying. It's less than like, it's less than that of them getting seriously ill. So the fact that she, not only did she give her child a medication that's not even approved by the CDC, and then that she sent her child out to get her to get sick thinking, oh, she may, she'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. She also had a pre-existing condition. Like Landon is a hundred, Landon and Phoenix are a hundred percent healthy. If I know that somebody has COVID, I'm not going to just send them out to like, like I was nervous about like when this whole thing first started before we got like more of the science behind it I was nervous about like okay can Landon just not touch the slide like we can't touch anything and never don't touch the slide don't touch the freaking don't touch anything like we don't want you to get sick we don't want anything to happen to you blah 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 and to me it's like it's this to me the way they're the the way people need to think of it is even if your kid you said the examples the flu or pneumonia, or any of these things that are like contact with, like you make contact strep, you get contact with somebody who has it and you get it, you're going to be miserable, regardless of whether you're not getting sick or not, you're going <laughs> to yeah. be miserable. So why am I trying to get, like, I don't want my, ki- I'm not trying to find ways to make my kid miserable, whether they're going to die or not. I don't want you to be sick. I don't want my yeah. kid to be miserable. I don't want, I never would willingly put my child, and this is, I think is the point, I would never willingly and purposefully put my child in a situation that could possibly harm them. Even if it's like a small chance. Yeah. Like Landon and I literally did not leave the house for 
except for going to Ashley's, which wasn't even really leaving the house. It was walking across the parking lot for like a month and a half. I don't yeah. like, like we legit did not leave the house. So I, to me, it just, as a parent, it just makes no sense to me. I, and yeah. anyways, the heart, the article is pretty, it's pretty interesting. Honestly, if you ever, if it ever, if you ever thought that a lot of people are on this mindset of herd immunity and the more people that get COVID, the let, like the more people that get COVID, the more, the quicker the pandemic will be over. But if you do that, then people are just going to die faster because people still are dying of COVID. Is everybody? Obviously not, but people are still dying of it. So you want to just make sure that you use wisdom and your choices, make sure you're, you know, make sure you're just being clean. Like the only thing the CDC is advising, is, is advising us to do is making sure we're doing the health guidelines that these places should have been doing anyway. Like, yeah. I, it's nice to know that now when I go in a bar, if there's vomit on the floor in there, somebody will be like, immediately be required, <laughs> be required to clean up this vomit on the floor. Or if a bathroom's filthy, I can be like, seriously, you trying to give us all COVID? Like this, this freaking filthy. And like, you know what I mean? Like you can, People have just been so lax on the cleanliness in our country, and it's just so. But I think I so when it comes to that, I think it's more so. Um, at least I've noticed from being a manager in a restaurant, it's not. It's not the the employees that are making it gross. Oh no, it's no, it's the, not. It's the guests, the guests making it gross, and I think that that's what. To be honest, bathrooms are a lot cleaner now because people are more aware of like not throwing your freaking toilet paper all over the floor or leaving all types of in women's restrooms, all types of things on the floor and on the seat and on the whatever. And, um, you know, uh, just like people just don't want to be seen as gross or unsanitary now. And I enjoy every moment of it. Yes. Like, I am happy don't about cough that. on me. Don't cough on me. Don't come near me and sneeze. Don't come freaking. Like, I don't want your snotty kid running up, uh, running up on me. I don't know all these things that used to just gross me out. And I was just like, am I just a jerk that I don't want you? Here? No, I don't. Whether yeah. you, whether I don't, I don't go around assuming everyone has COVID or being in fear of it because it's just not healthy mindset to have in life. But I do feel like just in general, once this pandemic is over, I don't want to freaking, I still don't want you to do those things. I still want somebody to wipe down their freaking like. Uh, treadmill. I still want people to, I still want there to be a cleaning staff that's keeping Walmarts clean or bathrooms clean or the like sanitizing the carts, sanitizing the carts. That should still be a thing. Like I should have to wipe (laughs) down the freaking Walmart cart. They should be run through a freaking car car wash before I get one. Like, like, you know how, okay. So this is the last thing we'll say, and then we probably need to close out, but you know how in Walmart in the center of Walmart is where you push those carts through the fan things. You know what I mean? Okay, why is that not a washing thing? Like, why are they not washing? <laughs> You're pushing them through this thing. Why are they not sanitizing them as they go through this this big giant thing where you push the carts through? It makes no sense. If you've never seen this before, I don't. It's not at every Walmart, but there are lots of WalMarts that have like a center like space between the outdoor and the indoor where you put where the guy when they're returning that's returning the cart thing. It's indoor re- cart return. Yeah, And it could be, I mean, it's like a garage. Turn that thing into a freaking car wash. People would be so happy to have fresh, clean carts every time they went to the store and not have to use your, the sanitizer wipes that you don't, who knows if they actually are. I put sanitizer on my hand from Walmart 
And it was so sticky. It felt like it felt like soap. I'm like literally using Landon's baby wipe to wipe off the sanitizer. Like, what are you doing? I was like, this sanitizer is not drying on my hands. It's gross. If you're, it's not sanit- If it does not evaporate off your hands and your hands aren't dry when you use it, it's probably not actual sanitizer. So, anyways, I guess, and on that, like my closing thought is. Don't be dumb, people. Please don't 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 put your kids out there trying to like try. Don't try to get them sick. Do what is in your power and your skill to keep them from getting sick. Because even though a lot of kids are just getting sick and being okay, we don't want them to pass down pass it to somebody else's kid or some who could give it to their parent or their grandparent or somebody in their life that means a lot to them. So if COVID teaches us anything, to have more empathy for other people and you know care to a just little bit be more. Cleaner. Be cleaner, have more empathy, care a little bit more about everyone else, not just yourself, but definitely be cleaner yeah. as a whole. Just yes. be cleaner. Yeah. Just so. wash your hands. Make your kid wash their hands. Like, yeah. Don't let your kid, your, oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm going to say this and then I promise we can be done. But Phoenix's old preschool that he went to, the same one where he got sliced across the face, that preschool. Oh, I yeah. remember going into school before COVID. So this was like, I don't know, like last year, the middle of the year. Uh, I remember going to school one time and this little girl about three or four years old visibly had snot running down. Her oh, face. you told me, <laughs> you told me that when you came home, you're so, <laughs> and when I tell you, I wanted to shower after I left, like I was just like, and they have hand sanitizer. Like when you come in and out, I put hand sanitizer on me, hand sanitizer on Phoenix. And I was like, I would be, how can you let this kid be here? Visibly snot running down their nose. And, you know, Phoenix has not really been sick since we switched him to a different school. Um, and I think it's because their standard of like, hey, no, your kid's sick. Bye. is higher. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, thankfully, we've stopped doing that because that was disgusting and irresponsible then. And I get that parents had to work. And hopefully one thing that will change. But hopefully that- now, like even just. Okay, so there was Blake had to go to the hospital uh, long a while ago, almost a year ago now. And I, when I called work to be like, "Hey, Blake's going to the hospital. I have to stay home with my kid." These 19, 20 year old girls were like, "Well, somebody's got to open." Well, my butt is not opening. And then they tried. Then when I tried to get the 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 um, sick leave, they're like, "Well, it's not your spouse, right? Because we're not legally married yet." But but it is our my kid. kid. It's my son. I have to care for him and wash, wash him, wash him, wash him also, but watch him. Like, yeah. Anyways, okay. We won't get into the whole politics of how the government doesn't let us, doesn't that prioritize family week. care. <laughs> that is, yes. That, yeah. <laughs> our topic next week, which we don't normally know, but our topic next week is going to be about um, this kind of crisis right now with mothers and um, no childcare and how that's affecting women. So on that note, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Um, Hit the bell so that you're aware of any new episode. Or if you're listening to the audio version on Apple Podcasts or um, Spotify, please um, follow us on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review and hopefully hit that fifth star um, so that that other people can find us and um, more podcasts like us. So if that's everything, it was fun talking to you, Twin. As always, we will talk... Later next week, and yes, bye. See you guys soon. Bye. Bye. bye.